This is the Lead to Lead podcast, where we explore the realm of leadership and glean from those who have come before us. Here's your tour guide and host, Leah Haygood. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Lead to Lead podcast. My name is Leah, and I am super pumped to be here. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to listen to this. Maybe you are getting ready for work or you're at the gym. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Today's episode I am super excited about. It's my very first interview and it is with a man by the name of Jim Russell. He is the rescue pastor at Brushy Creek Baptist Church in Taylor's and he is going to be talking about his ministry background and uh, a ministry called Celebrate Recovery which my husband and I have been a part of for the past 10 years. It's been incredible. I am the worship leader for that particular Celebrate Recovery, and it is so rewarding and fulfilling to be a part of this ministry, and hopefully you'll hear why in the next uh, little bit from Jim. He'll also be talking about the difference between treating the symptoms of your problems to treating the root of the problem, and you'll just have to listen to the interview to figure out what I'm talking about. But um, before we jump in, I wanted to share my sentence from the challenge of the month last episode. Okay. It was a fill in the blank. If you have missed episode two, go back and check it out. It's about procrastination. And um, I go into a little bit more detail about um, the parable of the talents and some cool statistics about procrastination. Check it out. But my challenge of the month, I gave a fill in the blank statement for everybody to fill in. And I'll read the blanks real quick. Um, The statement was, the Lord has given me blank as a gift, and I'm going to use it for him by blank. That was the sentence. I'm going to share with you my sentence. The Lord has given me my voice as a gift, and I'm going to use it for him by leading others in worship and encouraging others. So, Let me know what your sentence was. There is a post on Instagram and Facebook. I want you to go in there, type in the comments what your sentence was. I really want to hear this, and hopefully we can get some conversation starting. That is my goal. I want y'all to be as interactive with me, and I will be interactive with you. I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories, and it's encouraging to me. And I know it'll be encouraging for you. All right, enough from me. Let's dive into the interview with Pastor Jim Russell. Pastor Jim, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with us. You are first interview. How do you feel about that? Uh, Scared. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. No, it's okay. (laughs) No, it's fine. Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, Let's give the listeners just a little bit of bio about you. Tell me about yourself, your family, ministry background, anything you'd like us to know. I do have a family that's growing rapidly. (laughs) My wife and I, Dale, have been married 45 years, and we have four children. (laughs) And grandbabies number 12 and 13 were born a week ago. 12 and 13. So we're excited about that. Set of twins. So the grandkids range from 18 years old to one week. <laughs> That's wild. Is that the only set of twins, or do you have more sets of twins? Uh, one of our daughters had twins that didn't go full term, mm, okay. and uh, we have, uh, I have niece, and Dale has a niece that 
had twins. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, very cool. Uh, what about your um, ministry background? I know a lot, so I don't want to like, right. feed into this, but go ahead. I've been a pastor, missionary for 41 years, and uh, uh, started out pastoring a church in Hickory, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and then Boone, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's a great university up there, by the way. Happy, Abby. All yeah, you App yeah. State fans. UNC Tweetsie, that's up there. <laughs> uh, then God called us to Japan. We were there 12 and a half years. Church planters. Mm-hmm. Started two churches. And looking forward next summer to going back to Tokyo, where we were. Wow. And uh, doing outreach during the Olympics and seeing our folks there. Are those two churches still intact there, or have they? What is the status? Yes, of those? they are. They are. Very cool. And came back from uh, from Japan and pastored. Was a pastor at a church in Charlotte, where I pastored a Japanese congregation as part of that. Mm-hmm. And then to Asheville, where I was pastored a church there before wow. I came here. Wow. What was your favorite experience about Japan? Like being living there and being a pastor. What was your like? The thing that you remember most keenly about your experience there? Changed lives. Yeah. Seeing people's lives change. Japan is one half of 1% Christian. Wow. So one out of 200 people would say they were a Christian. Wow. And that includes groups that we don't even consider Christian, but they call themselves that. Mm. Very, very few Christians. And uh, the people that came to faith in the Lord, just seeing their lives change. An example... There's a man, Mr. Hidano. He is, uh, was an English teacher. And our church met in our house for uh, two and a half years. And then we met in a bread shop that we mm. rented. It took us seven place being turned down at seven places before we found a place that would rent to us because we were a Christian church wow. in Japan. So we got the bread shop. We started meeting there. We would have worship in the large room. Uh, we would have children's Sunday school in the closet. Mm. We would have the youth on the sidewalk. Wow. My wife taught the youth. One Sunday morning, folks walking to the train station, this Mr. and Mrs. Hedeno are walking by. They see my wife out there. They ask her, what are you doing? And she says, we're teaching the Bible. This is a church. He had a church background years ago. She didn't. They started coming. She got saved. She became a Christian. Then they had two children. They gave them Christian names. They uh, Great things happened in their lives. And uh, now fast forward a dozen years, and I got an email from him last year saying that uh, he was in Montana as a missionary. And that he said... God led you and Dale to come to Japan to tell us about Jesus, and then he called us to go to America, mm-hmm. and they are missionaries to Native American Indians in Montana. Wow. And he said, we've come full circle there. Yeah. So that was really neat. Yeah. yeah. Can't put God in a box, no, can you? No. no. That's what's great is change lives. Yeah. Always. Absolutely. Always. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's awesome. Well, you have been the rescue pastor here at Brushy Creek for how many years now? Eleven years. Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Wow. Okay. All right. Very cool. And that, um, tell us a little bit about what your role kind of, what do you, what do you oversee 
as your, the rescue pastor? Uh, has to do with uh, mission trips, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a community outreach pastor that just resigned, mm-hmm. and so I will be taking his responsibilities. So everything has to do with trying to reach out to people, either mm-hmm. locally or beyond here, mm-hmm. and also our celebrate recovery and counseling. Yes. So that's what I'm about. Yes. And that's kind of the meat of what I wanted to talk about today. So um, for all those who have no clue what Celebrate Recovery is, can you give um, a little synopsis, a little burst of information about what CR is? Well, we're all familiar with things like AA and NA, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and they are programs to help people get freedom from addictions to alcohol and drugs. Celebrate Recovery is like they are in some ways, but very different in others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is purely Christian and biblical, and uh, we deal with a lot more issues than just alcohol or drugs. Now, what is it? Simply put, it's the gospel applied to our struggles. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um. How did you first come across Celebrate Recovery? Where did you first hear about it? I was at Saddleback Church in California Mm -hmm. at the Purpose Driven Church Conference when I was pastoring a church. Mm. Okay. And uh, one of the breakout sessions was on this thing that had just started called Celebrate Recovery. And I thought, I'll go check it out. You know, just cover the bases while I was there. I was really focused at that time on how the church, how to grow a church, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I found out about that, and I thought, man, I'm going to check it out. So John Baker, who is the founder of Celebrate Recovery, was leading the breakout mm-hmm. session. And it was a fairly small ministry at that time. Mm-hmm. That was uh, several, quite a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, I kind of put that in my memory as something to check out sometime. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as the Lord had it, I went to Asheville to pastor a church. Uh, I guess it was now, what, about uh, 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the church was in a situation where it was a, it was a conservative Baptist church sitting in the middle of what I call San Francisco East. <laughs> I used to say we had yes. all the... Up and outs, the down and outs, the far outs, and the left outs. They were all around our church. Yeah. Had all kinds of interesting people. Mm -hmm. And here was a conservative Baptist church sitting in the middle of that. And the more I learned about the community, the more I realized that there were were a lot of people there whose lives were uh, out of control Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And Lord just reminded me about that little breakout session I went to years earlier on Celebrate Recovery. And I thought, if we could minister to the people in our community at the point of their understood need, we could earn the right to talk to them about their ultimate need. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. And we began to see people who uh, had been or who were addicted to alcohol or drugs, people who were living an immoral lifestyle, all kinds of issues in their lives uh, as we would minister to them in the areas that they realized they had a need, then their ears were attentive to their ultimate need that they need to be saved. Mm. So it was a 
very rewarding experience. Not an easy one. Sure. Very rewarding. Sure. So, like, you would say that it was kind of like the gateway to, hey, if we can deal with some of the issues that are very prevalent, that will open a door for the gospel to come in. Yeah. And it was a bridge into the church. And a bridge into the church. Sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Let's see. So you came from Asheville to Taylor's at Brushy Creek. Um, you said 11 years. So um, why did you think that it was important for Brushy Creek? This is, uh, Taylor's is very different from Asheville. Mm -hmm. So um, what, um, what has made CR so flexible? Like it can work in any kind of cultural community. Um, why did you think it was so important for Brushy Creek? Well, I said in Asheville we had the up and outs, the down and outs, the far outs, and the left outs. Mm -hmm. We have them in Taylor's too. Yeah. Right? Right. And uh, it's been interesting in Celebrate Recovery here because you have all those different kinds of people here. I remember being in one open share group where we had, in the share group, we had a business owner sitting in that small group. We had a pharmacist. We had a homeless man. And the rest of us were somewhere in between. Hmm. And I remember the homeless man saying, you know what stinks about being homeless? And I said, what? Since I was a leader, I said, what are you talking about? He said, you can't hide anything. He said, uh, last night, somebody stole my last pair of socks that were stuck in a bilo bag in a boxwood. He said, that stinks. I turn around and look at the group, and the business owner's over here untying his shoes. And everybody in that group took their socks off and gave them to them. Wow. But it was a reminder to me that the ground is level at the point of our struggles. Yes. And we have doctors. We've had doctors, lawyers, business owners, pharmacists, homeless, prostitutes. We've had every kind of strata in society that you could imagine that walked through the doors, including pastors. Yeah. Let's kind of lead into that. Celebrate Recovery is, is special in a way that, you know, I think um, for ministry leaders and pastors in particular, um, there's a little bit of a stigma for you guys to look like you have it all together. And um, you have been able to play an integral part in CPR, which is not I mean, your typical <laughs> respiratory <laughs> rescue, but this is um, Celebrate Pastors Recovery. Can you talk a little bit about that and your involvement in that? Well, my the reason, the first reason that I have a heart for that is because I am a recovering pastor. Mm. I mentioned about the church in Asheville and leading it through transition and starting Celebrate Recovery, and that was wonderful. People started coming in the door, people who were trying to get free from a homosexual lifestyle, people with drug addiction, all these things. And as they would come in the door, the gray hairs would go out the other door. Mm -hmm. And that's when my codependency flared up. And I thought, I just got to hold everybody together. Mm -hmm. We got to all get along. We've got to all be in this thing together. And uh, anybody that would leave, it was like a divorce to me mm. because of my tendency to be codependent. And so when I left there and came here, I would say I was wounded and I needed to heal. But what I needed more than anything else, I needed to regain a gospel perspective of my life. Mm -hmm. And as God worked in my life, 
and especially as we started Celebrate Recovery here, and as I began to do a step study, and as I began to do the fourth step, which is the moral inventory, then God did his surgery on me and helped me to see I am identified by who I am in Christ, not by whether everything happens or goes the way I think it ought to. Mm. That was very healing for me. Sure. And then as we started Celebrate Recovery, and I would do the newcomers class, which I've been doing a long time, mm-hmm. inevitably there'd be somebody that would come to the newcomers class and they'd come up to me later and they'd say, by the way, I'm a pastor. Because they would hear me share my testimony to some degree in that class. And when they would come and tell me that, I knew what they were saying. They were saying, I'm hurting just like the other people here, but I don't feel the freedom to talk about what I'm struggling with. So I began to uh, contact some of these guys and say, let's get together. Those of us that are ordained in ministry, uh, some who are active in ministry, some who have been fired, some that should have been fired, all kinds of people. Yeah. And uh, so we've had, I guess now, the fourth cycle uh, with CPR, with help, with working wow. with pastors. Wow. Now, what's been really great is to see these guys come. And for the first time in their life, they feel like they have a group of people they can sit down and really talk to. Mm. And there's one guideline in Celebrate Recovery that we do not obey with permission. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, we do offer advice to each other when it's asked for mm. because everybody in the group could lead it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And you have the tendency to do so uh, just yeah. by nature. Sure. So uh, if someone invites counsel, we give it. Mm. And we all do that. Yeah. So it's a neat thing. Yeah. If CR is my heart, CPR is the heart of my heart, I think. Mm. Uh, one of my f- favorite things that you have said numerous times, and typically you say this when we start a cycle over with CR, is that uh, when we are dealing with our struggles, we tend to treat just the symptoms and not the root of our struggles. Can you explain why that is and what it really is the root of our struggles? All right. Uh, If you go to most uh, recovery approaches, whatever you want to call them, they're identified by their symptom. AA is alcoholism. NA is drug addiction. And you got all kinds of A's out there, right? Mm -hmm. All kinds of different things. In Celebrate Recovery, we have a number of them that we deal with. Alcohol, drugs, legal drugs that Mm -hmm. are abused, which is the number one cause of overdose in Greenville County. South Carolina is legal drugs, opiates in particular, anger, uh, abuse, whether it be verbal or uh, sexual or physical, uh, codependency, which is the one that I deal with, Um, divorce recovery, people that struggle with compulsively eating too much or compulsively not eating enough, Uh, people that struggle with, I may have mentioned anger, people that struggle Mm -hmm. with... uh, compulsive overspending or gambling Mm -hmm. and same-sex attraction Mm -hmm. and there are others there are people who struggle with what what I would call behavior-based depression Mm. and there's behavior-based and there's 
the other, mm -hmm. physiological, hereditary, whatever term you want to use, and we try to clarify what that is. Sure. Uh, so all, all different things. So what we say to people is, everybody that walks through the door has their symptom, but it's a symptom. It's like if, uh, let's say, uh, somebody shows up at Sober Recovery, and I'll call him Joe, and I say, Joe, glad you're here. What brings you to CR? And he says, I've been drinking too much. It's messing up my life. It's hurting the people I care about. I got a problem. I got to quit drinking. Then I might say, well, Joe, would you say the drinking, is that the problem or is that a symptom? He thinks about a minute. He says, okay, maybe it's a symptom. I say, well, what do you think the problem is? He says, there's things I don't want to think about. So I bail out and self-medicate. Maybe uh, it's emotional pain. Maybe it's a broken relationship, legal problem, financial problem, whatever. He didn't want to think about it. So what started out as a social thing, gave him a buzz. Now it's what he defaults to when life is hard, and uh, now the tail's wagging the dog. That's a, his. He says his problem is his emotional pain. I said, well, is your emotional pain, is that really the problem, or is that a symptom? He thinks about that a minute. He says, okay, maybe that's a symptom. And I say, what do you think the problem is? that point he says it's me somewhere back there I quit being honest with myself quit being honest with God quit being honest with other people I lie people can't depend on me I have character flaws mm -hmm. Bible word for that sin mm -hmm. and I say well would you say the character flaws is that the problem or is that a symptom at that point he usually starts grinning and says okay preacher what are you getting at <laughs> so what I say to him is the world says if you have a life-dominating compulsive behavior, what you need to do is get a group around you for support and buck up and stop it. To which I would say, so how's that working for you? The Bible says something contrasting. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above everything else, guard your heart, because out of your heart come all the issues of your life. The heart problem is the, prob the heart of the problem. If I'm not honest with myself and not honest with God, then I'm going to live a dishonest life. I'm not going to have the moral character to forgive people. I'm not going to have the moral character to try to make amends with people. And my life will be out of control, and I'll be trying to bail out and kill the, or deaden the pain somehow. But if I experience God's forgiveness, then I can forgive myself. Then I can forgive other people. Then I can have the heart to make amends with other people and I begin to experience serenity and as I do that it's like the grip of that compulsiveness begins to loosen. Now that's the heart of Celebrate Recovery which is nothing but the gospel. Mm -hmm. So we call it a program but it's really just the gospel applied to our struggles. Mm -hmm. So simply put you take any of those issues I mentioned none of them are the problem each of them are symptoms. The problem's the heart. Mm -hmm. Show me a person that has a life-dominating compulsive behavior, and I'll show you someone that has a breakdown of forgiveness in their life somewhere. Mm -hmm. Either they haven't experienced God's forgiveness, or they can't forgive themselves, or they won't forgive somebody else. Because I, the reason I know that is this. The words of relapse. I never had anybody say to me, I got up this morning, I thought, man, I think I want to get drunk, get behind the wheel, run over somebody, kill them, and go to prison. Mm -hmm. What they say to me is, she knew just what buttons to push, or 
God wasn't there for me. And I thought, why should I care? Or he wasn't faithful to me. Why should I try? Or I messed up again. Why should I even make an effort? Those are words of relapse. Mm -hmm. And the reason they are is because what they choose to do is not their problem. That's the symptom. The reason they do it is the problem. And that's their heart. All comes down to the heart. It's the heart. It's the heart of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot to think about. But it's, at the same time, it's so simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. It's hard to admit. Yeah. Or deal with. Yeah. It's fairly easy to understand. Yeah. For me, I've been involved with Celebrate Recovery, like I said, about going on 10 years now. And being a codependent, I want to fix people. How's that working for you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Codependent (laughs) jokes. (laughs) Um, But I've... I've had to realize, especially over the past year, that I, it's my pride. Like, I, I think that I know best, and I think that I have all the answers, so I need to fix everybody else. But it, that just shows my own character flaw, is that I don't want anybody to fix me, including God sometimes. And that has been something that I've been personally been battling with and wrestling with the Lord um, with that, to be transparent with you. Um, but it takes the pressure off. When you don't have to worry about fixing other people. It does. It's it's a relief. I, it feels like the elephant just comes off. So, Going from talking about the heart to the mind, I want to talk a little bit about your book. Um, it's called Between the Ears, where the struggles of life are won, and lo- or, won or lost. To be honest with you, I've not had the chance to read it because Jake, my husband, has been hogging it. So um, tell me a little bit about where the concept for this came from 11 years of doing celebrate recovery yeah okay that's Uh, where it came from and uh, as a pastor someone that thinks in terms of the what is this teaching what is the theology of celebrate recovery what is the how does it fit together Mm -hmm. Um, you know you think about that when you're teaching lessons and when you're dealing with it and uh, so some people would say that that is a theology of celebrate recovery I wouldn't say it that way. I would say this. What I have learned in Celebrate Recovery and what helped me in my recovery was to reestablish a gospel perspective of my life. The book is about uh, establishing and maintaining a gospel perspective for your life. We're not defined by our struggles. We're defined by being in Christ. And the heart of that is found in Ephesians chapter 1 where Paul says... uh, Blessed be God who has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then he tells us what they are. He says one is that we're redeemed, we're forgiven. So every single person that's a Christian is in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. On their good days, on their bad days, on their strong days, on their weak days, every day of our life we're in Christ. Mm-hmm. And for everybody that's in Christ, according to Ephesians 1, we are forgiven. So God is not mad at us. Mm -hmm. That's huge. He's not mad at us. That sets someone free right now, setting me free. Thank you. And in verse 4 he says, and God chose to view us as being holy and accepted in his sight. In Ephesians 1.4. Now does that mean we're holy and righteous? I'm not. (laughs) 
but it means God chose on the moment I trusted in Christ to begin to view me that way forever. What does that mean? We are not on probation. Hmm. God doesn't have a wait-and-see attitude toward us. So every day of our lives as Christians, every Christian, no exception, God is rather fond of us. Mm-hmm. He's not mad. We're not on probation. And then another one that's brought out in that is that the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. So the Holy Spirit that lives in us is able and willing to help us every day with our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups. So we are permanently empowered. We are completely forgiven. We're totally accepted. We're permanently empowered in Christ. There are other things you can say. We're secure. We're going to go to heaven. Other things too, but Mm -hmm. that really helps in your recovery. Mm -hmm. We're not defined by our struggles. We're defined by being in Christ. And it's like uh, in celebrate recovery, we don't come to pump each other up to go out and try harder. We come to remind each other of what's true. And every Monday night when I come to celebrate recovery, God does two things for me. For me. He reminds me of how He sees me. And He reminds me of how He sees what I'm dealing with in my life. And every Monday, it's like a sinking, S-Y-N-C, sinking my thoughts to His truth, Mm -hmm. recalibrating my thoughts to His truth of how He sees me, and how he sees what I'm dealing with in my life. That's the right way to live. The renewing it's of your mind. It's between the ears is where the struggle is. Yeah. The renewing right. of your mind yeah. essentially takes place. It's a gospel perspective. Right. Right. That's all it's about. Where um, where can people get a copy of this? You can get it on Amazon. Amazon. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I think, do they still have them at the member services desk? We, I have some. Okay. But they're on Amazon. Okay. Very cool. So you can get it on Amazon. You can stop by Brushy Creek and pick up Jim, Pastor Jim's book, Between the Ears, and I know that you'll appreciate it. Once my husband will take his paws off of it, I'll, I'll read it. Okay. Um, so this is a, a podcast about leadership. What would you say, well, let me say, this, say it this way. Um, CR, Celebrate Recovery, is known for being a leadership factory. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain that a little bit? Like, what does that mean? And how can CR be effective for aspiring leaders? People come into Celebrate Recovery rightly focusing on their symptoms. They come through and they move from that uh, to rightly seeing themselves in Christ, and now having a heart, as we say in principle eight of Celebrate Recovery, to share that with other people. So um, if you ask our leaders in Celebrate Recovery, you've been going forward in your recovery for 10 years, Mm -hmm. or one of our leaders, 33 years. Mm -hmm. And I'll use that one as an example. If you ask him, Man, you've been sober for 33 years. Why do you still come to sober recovery? His answer would be twofold. One would be, because I want to be sober 33 years and one more day. Mm-hmm. The other is, because God didn't help me just for me, He wants to use me to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. So what we find in sober recovery is that God takes the area of our life that we least want to ever talk about. 
and He brings healing and He takes that thing that's the most painful thing in our life and makes it not so painful and He makes it a platform for how for the most fulfilling thing we could do in our life. Now, if you want people in your church to, if you want to find people in your church, it would be good to talk to someone about how to know the Lord or how He can change your life. Get a, one of our Celebrate Recovery folks that is walking in freedom from what they came to get help with. Mm. And they'll tell you exactly how. Yeah. Right? Right, right. I'm with you. It's a leadership factory. It is. Yeah. It's ultimately someone, like you said, coming to CR, trying to treat the symptoms, finding out we are the problem, (laughs) putting our hope, faith, and trust in our higher power, which is Jesus. And then he uses that. And like you said, in principle eight, where we're um, ready to share this good news with others. So it's, it's a cycle. So people come in and share, and then those people that they've shared with, they come, and so it just keeps growing, the multiplication factor. Isn't it great how the area of your greatest pain can become the very platform for your greatest fulfillment? Isn't it great? Say that again one more time, please. (laughs) I don't know if I can remember. (laughs) The area of your greatest pain can become the platform for your greatest fulfillment. That's true. Example. Uh, each year we have Celebrate Recovery Day at our church where people in CR share testimony. The first one we had is one I'll never forget. We had folks sharing things like being sexually abused by a family member when a little boy and then growing up and having an addiction to pornography and now getting freedom from that and now having the marriage restored and now ministering to others who struggle with that. And I remember our lead pastor at the time said, I look out at all of you, meaning our congregation, after having heard these testimonies. And he said, I look at you and I can tell from your faces because your jaws dropped that this, you're just shocked that we had people here talking about this on Sunday morning in church. And you're thinking, how can they share that? How can they be willing to talk about that? And he said, they can because they've been set free. Mm. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. One way you know you're healing is you can talk about it. Yeah. Right? But that's principle eight, not principle one. You don't get there in a day, right? Right. There's steps. There's a process. Well, thank you so much. Um, just, I have two little fun rapid-fire questions for you. Um, what is your favorite book to recommend? Like if you say, oh, this is my favorite book I've ever read in my life, like it doesn't matter what topic it is, that you would say, hey, you need to read this book. What would you say? I mean, I know the Bible. I know you're a pastor and everything. Of course, the Bible. And that's totally cool if you say the Bible. but um, Well, obviously the Bible. Yeah. There's a book, Scandalous Freedom, by Steve Brown. And when I read that book, as I started reading it, I got mad. Mm. And I thought, you're a heretic. And I read a little more, and I thought, I'm a heretic. Mm. (laughs) And I read a little more, and I thought, I understand what you're saying. And I've I've dealt with that in my life, my whole life. And I needed to hear this. It's about the very same thing that that book 
between the ears is about, except it's from a different place. It's saying, if we truly, in essence, what Steve Brown is saying in the book is, he's saying, if we truly see ourselves in Christ, we won't let ourselves get all bent out of shape over all these things that we get torn up over. Mm. And then we'll live in freedom, scandalous freedom. Yeah, scandalous freedom of Steve Brown. It's a good book. And then the last fun question if you could have dinner with any historical figure who would it be if you say nacho libre no, no. no, 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 no. he's a big nacho libre more fan. ingredients do i what <laughs> oh my goodness uh jim's uh, a huge nacho libre fan yeah, that was yeah, a little sad that, that says a lot about my maturity I yeah <laughs> wow historical figure yeah i don't know you kind of caught me off guard on that one I'd have to think about that. I don't have an immediate answer to that question. Okay. We'll just say Dale, which is your wife, and she's historical to you. She's a current, present (laughs) person. (laughs) (laughs) And you get to see her every day. Every day. So there you go. That's the pleasure. Well, thank you so much. Um, And if people want to come check out Celebrate Recovery, where can they come uh, at Brushy Creek? Where should they go and what time? Uh, 5.30, we have the best free meal in town in our gymnasium. We call it the ARC. Mm-hmm. program begins at 6.30 in the sanctuary. We meet every week that has a Monday. That's right. We make special occasions for holidays and all that, too, because recovery doesn't take a day off, ever. Right. So thank you so much for taking the time thank to you. talk, and I hope I know our listeners are going to glean a lot from this. So thank you. Thank you. I really hope that you had a pen and paper handy as you listened to that. If you didn't, I recommend you re-listen to this because there were so many good nuggets of wisdom in there that even as I was listening and preparing to make this uh, episode, I was writing down things that Pastor Jim had said and I was like, wow, that is so good. And I wanted to share just a couple of those things The first one that hit me was when he said, the ground is level at our point of struggles. It is very true that struggle never finds a stranger. We always have something in our lives that we deal with that is a hurt, habit, or hang-up. Just because we're human and our sin nature. Uh, So I really appreciated that level of honesty. Like I said, I like to have word pictures, and he's very good at doing this. He also said, we are not defined by our struggles. We are defined in Christ. And that is absolutely 100% correct. I tend to find my identity in the things that I do and how good I am or how much I do. It reminds me that none of my struggles are what I'm labeled by. When you're saved, when Jesus is the Lord of your life, the Lord sees his son in you. So if you're saved, rest assured that the Lord is looking at you and saying, oh, they're a follower of me because I see my son as I see them. So be encouraged with that. And the biggest thing that I took away from this conversation was he said, the area of your greatest pain can be the platform for your greatest fulfillment. If you feel like you are ashamed of your past or something that you've gone through, that is not easy to talk about. 
I'm here to encourage you that the Lord is going to use that. And it's nothing to be ashamed of, but to realize that's the vehicle in which God is going to move you, whether that's move you in a leadership role or move you in a different realm of influence where your story can help other people grow. That was what Jim was talking about so much was that the reason why Celebrate Recovery is a leadership factory is because we were put on this earth to show others that there's hope, that our higher power is Jesus Christ, and that if he can change my life, he can change yours too. So know that your pain and your struggles were not in vain, that God is going to use it in some way. I have a good friend of mine, his mother said this, that God is the great recycler, that he uses the junk in our lives that we think is worthless. He uses it to glorify himself, but he also uses it to heal you, to show how much you actually need him in all things. I hope that you can take away some encouragement from listening to this episode, to know that you are not alone, that even pastors struggle. Believe it or not, they are not saints. They're not perfect, but they know who is, and that's the difference. All right, now before we leave our time here together, what kind of host would I be if I didn't give you a challenge of the month? All right, guys, this one is going to require you to actually make a commitment. I know commitment can be scary, but I promise you, as someone who has already made this commitment, that it is worth it. So your challenge of the month is to go to a Celebrate Recovery meeting. I am extending my personal invitation to anybody who would like to come to Celebrate Recovery at Brushy Creek Baptist Church in Taylors. So if you are in the Greenville, Greer, Taylors area, it's the best place to be on a Monday night. Like Jim said, we have a meal at 5.30. We have worship time and our large group time at 6.30. We have our open share group times at 7.30. And then afterwards at 8.30, we have a time of fellowship and coffee because who doesn't like dessert and coffee? I'm not a huge adult coffee, like just straight out of the pot kind of thing, but There's typically cookies or some kind of sweet, so that's what I come for. But I want you to come to CR. If you're not from this area, go to Celebrate Recovery's website, which is CelebrateRecovery.com. There are resources on there that can help you locate the closest Celebrate Recovery to you. It is a wonderful experience to be a part of a program. It seems a little scary. There is a stigma that has been around for a while, that, oh, I'm not one of those people. If you are breathing, you are one of those people. Every person has a hurt, habit, or hang-up. Some of our struggles are not as obvious as alcohol, drugs, abuse, food addiction. It may be anger. It may be resentment. It may be pornography. It could be any of those things. I promise you, if you come to a CR, you will find out what it means to have a forever family. That's what we call ourselves. People who have been a part of Celebrate Recovery. We are a family. 
and it's a wonderful experience. And I hope that you will take me up on my challenge. I want to know which Celebrate Recovery you went to. Ours meets on Monday nights. I know in the upstate there are several churches that meet throughout the week. So if Mondays don't work for you, I know there's a few churches in our area, one that does it on Tuesday, another on Wednesday, another on Thursday. There are churches available to you. Like I said, if you want more info, go to CelebrateRecovery.com. Also, don't forget to check out Pastor Jim Russell's book on Amazon, Between the Ears. Give it a read. You won't be disappointed. Now, the way I would like to conclude our episode today is the way that we conclude our large group meetings at Celebrate Recovery. We read it all together. It's called the Serenity Prayer. If you know it, I encourage you to say it with me as I'm saying it right now. So here we go. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.